Healthcare and senior care is fraught with problems and challenges, but we're also seeing some amazing new clinical treatments and resources. This show will help illuminate and uncover the good, bad, and the ugly in order to equip patients, families, and other healthcare providers. Welcome to Senior Care Confidential. I'm Joe Alch. I am excited to be here today with Brian. Hello there, Brian. Hello, Joe. We are talking today about sexual abuse in nursing homes. Um, I have a patient recently that I've been working with that was put in a psych hospital. He was in the psych hospital for a month. Um, His family was unable to see him, but twice a week, and that was um, just in a group setting an hour long. That was it. Yeah. They could see him twice a week. Um, but in those talks, when he'd see him, he'd apologize and say, I'm sorry. I'm having sex. I'm so sorry. She made me do it. I'm I'm <sighs> having sex. Um, I need to get back to this sexual encounter. I've got to go get back to this encounter. Um, so his wife was very upset about these and went to the nurse, the director of the nursing, and the director of nursing totally dismissed it. Um, mm. You know, this is something if a patient or a client talks about sex and it's just not something that it's just kind of a random, yeah. um, you've got to ask questions. So is there not only, you know, there is emotional abuse, there's physical neglect. You know, we talk about a lot about seniors being neglected in communities. What we don't talk a lot about is sexual abuse in senior communities. And that's what I want to talk about. Brian, read off some statistics. I was very surprised. When you mentioned that this is the show you wanted to do, I was like, I didn't realize how prevalent this is. And so Mm -hmm. just in looking at some of the stats, they say that 70% of reported abuse occurs in nursing homes. But only 30% of them are actually ever reported. And so um, there was a 2017 World Health Organization report that said 2%, roughly 2% of nursing home residents have reported sexual abuse. So if you take, if you extrapolate that out, and only 30% of them are actually, are actually um, uh, not cited, but they're actually reported, you actually, the number is actually closer to 6% mm-hmm. of all nursing home residents have mm-hmm. had to deal with sexual abuse, which mm-hmm. just floors me that the number is that high. Well, and the women especially are so vulnerable because a lot of them have dementia. Yes. Um, a lot are bed bound in these nursing homes and they really cannot protect themselves. They're yeah. small, they're weak, they're frail. Um, and so they're, you know, one thing you think about could a staff member, a caregiver, a nurse, a staff member hurt a senior, you know, rape a senior, hurt a senior, um, but it could not only be the staff, could be a fellow resident. Right. Um, we've seen, I, I had a patient years ago that was raped in a nursing home here in Dallas and a patient from a psych hospital went to this nursing home. The family didn't want him at home. They were terrified of him. So what did he do? He went and raped women in the nursing home. Um, story never made the news. It was all settled, you know, under the table. Um but this is information people need to know. Yeah. You know, we don't send our children to school. Um, you know, we want to make sure they're safe in schools. We want to make sure our el- elders are safe in nursing homes as well. It's honestly the last thing I would I would think about. So, you know, I've, I've got aging grandparents and my parents are still young. But, you know, when you think about the nursing home thing, like that would be the last thing. And they've been through rehabs. Both my grandmas have been through rehabs. 
it wouldn't even be something that would cross my mind mm-hmm. that, Hey, we probably need to figure out if we can, if we should, how to vet. Well, I'm going to ask you about that in a second. How do we vet these things? But we like would never cross my mind to, to call ahead and go, Hey, you know, we're concerned about these things. And we know that there's, there's, there's these statistics around, especially females. And one of my grandmothers has Alzheimer's, you know? And so what does that look like? How do we protect her from, from, from these things? What's the, you know, what are the statistics are? Or how do you guys go about vetting caregivers or whatever that process is? Would have never dreamed that this would be something I would have to clear for. Mm-hmm. I know. So sometimes it can be a, a fellow resident yeah. um, that is just, you know, a man who just is confused with the lady down the hall with his wife who passed away five years ago. So who is protecting these seniors? So we have a little clip. We want to show you a story. It was a caregiver um, at a nursing home um, who assaulted a patient. So if we can show that. The details of this next story are difficult to hear, but we want to share this with you to help you protect your loved ones. A nursing home aide has been charged with sexually assaulting an elderly woman under his care. Police say it happened at an assisted living home in Burnsville called Regent. Now the victim's family is suing that facility. Our Alan Henry reveals how they discovered the alleged abuse and how to protect your elderly family members. Christine Mulcahy says after her older sister suffered a massive stroke, she made one of the toughest decisions of her life. Put her into a facility where you have to trust others to hopefully give the quality of care that you would. After a recent incident left her sister with broken ribs, Mulcahy decided to place a camera in her sister's room. The camera was placed on Christmas Day and within 48 hours, um, I watched the video in the evening and was horrified by what I saw. According to police, 53-year-old John Aconco, a nursing home employee, was captured on video violating the 75-year-old woman with his hands. He was arrested just days later. And I couldn't believe it. I was horrified. It was heartbreaking. You feel guilt as a family member. Mulcahy has now filed a lawsuit against the facility, hoping to answer the questions she still has. Why is it that was able to occur? What were the circumstances that led up to it? Uh, Why wasn't anybody watching? State experts say vulnerable adults are hurt or mistreated far too often. Every month, uh, the number is on average about 4,600 reports. And even if you feel like something is wrong, take action. If they sense that something is not quite right, if something has changed for their loved one, that it just, you know, they they should really trust their gut, trust their instinct, and really make that call. Just be diligent, be aware. Don't assume that everything is going well because you're told that things are fine. Alan Henry, WCCO News. Prosecutors charged Akanko with two counts of criminal sexual conduct. The facility where he worked fired him and said in part, our commitment to resident safety is based on extensive background checks and a strong abuse prevention program that does not tolerate abuse of any kind. In addition to collaborating with local authorities, we have initiated our own internal investigation, reviewed all safety policies and procedures extensively, and retrained staff members. That was so disturbing. Um, so let's talk about what some concerns, if, if a family member does think something is not quite right, um, some concerned family members can look for signs of sexual abuse, which include bruising on the thighs, um, or genital area, 
And um, I did have a patient that I talked about several years ago. She kept saying sex, sex, sex. She kept saying rape, rape. And um, the family was just like, what is she, why does she keep saying that? Um, They went to the staff and finally they did a head to toe assessment on this patient. Um, the, The facility did, and she had bruises all up and down her inner thighs Um, so is there something, have they developed um, depression, anxiety? Um, have they gotten an STD? A lot of times, um, patients have sexually transmitted diseases that are really disguised. They think that's a UTI. Um, physicians do not think to do an STD check. Um, but absolutely that is, um, especially someone bed bound or yeah. you know unable to um, really. Um, well, you know, I, I know it's the incident had already happened, but in that in that clip, the sister fortunately had been aware enough, and it, was, it sounded like there was some bruising on her ribs or whatever that really wasn't something was going. Her spidey sense was going off, saying something doesn't seem right. So thankfully, they put the camera in there. Otherwise, this would have been going on for much, much longer. So anytime you see something like that, if, they, if it can't be explained, um, those are usually times to start asking some questions. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we're talking about how do you know that the people ter- taking care of these, your loved ones in these nursing homes um, are the very best. So, you know, we talk about background checks. Be sure that the staff ask questions. Are they being background checked? Um when they say, and we hear this since post-COVID, oh, we just, we have staffing issues. You know, I get so sick of hearing we have staffing issues because to me, if you can't staff, then don't take on the patient. You know, don't don't take advantage of those patients because the pay is the same. You just got less, the reimbursement's the same. You just have less people to take care of them. Um, a lot of times um, these Nursing homes are using staffing agencies. So that was what I was going to ask you because I don't I don't work in on the long term care side. I know you you've got some clients on that side, and I know in a lot of cases with COVID stuff, like everyone just lost their minds during these last couple of years, and so it's been really hard to find good quality caregiving staff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know some ALS um, and maybe some nursing homes. It sounds like that we're using some contract staff. What does that look like in terms of doing background checks? Because you can, I, as a family member, I can ask and say, hey, are all your employees, you know, W-2 or whatever, um, or are you using outside, you know, contracting vendors or whatever, um, but are they vetted the same way? Are the contracting companies who provide caregiver assistance to um, the nursing homes, are they being, are there, is it mandatory for them to have background checks as well? That is up to the nursing home okay. um, to make sure that that agency is doing the background checks. Because of confidentiality, the agency is not uh, is not forced to send that actual copy of the background, oh. but they say they have done that background check. You better have so, a high degree of trust with yes, that outside agency, absolutely, because they could just paper it over and go, "Yep, everything's good." Absolutely. Okay. Um, so you just want to make sure that the agencies are vetted that they're doing the job that they say they're doing, and if if it were me and it was my a uh, family member in a nursing home and they were using staffing agencies, I would say I'd like to have a meeting with the staffing agency that's been coming in. And just, I want to know that they're, can they come and speak with the families of the residents here to yeah, know that, that, that they're 
doing the very best job they can. Um, so how can we protect these seniors? You know, with um, just national average, 60% of nursing home residents have no family and no visitors. So what about those vulnerable clients, you know, that they don't have anybody to even say something's not right, or they don't have anybody to say, um, you know, will you check this, you know, so, so what do we do for these people? Um, visit, volunteer at your local nursing home. I cannot stress this enough. Um, I know churches are getting involved. Yep. I'm seeing more and more, which I love. I'm seeing, um, boys clubs and junior leagues and you and um, I have talked about that before. Honor I, society. I, I am so in favor of getting younger, you know, I wouldn't say adolescents, but at least teenagers and getting them involved with things re with uh, regarding seniors, because it gives you a different perspective. The seniors love it because, you know, they love anything, anybody who's young and, you know, cute and, you know, vibrant and energetic, whatever. And I think there's a, it's a, it's a really neat um, collection when you get th those, those groups together. So you know, I'm, I'm glad to see the boys clubs and the boy scouts getting involved with some of those senior mm -hmm. care projects as well. Mm -hmm. And girl scouts is too. Yeah. They, they do a lot to help. I say seniors. boys just because I have two boys. I know, <laughs> I know, yeah. I know, yeah. but I know the girl yeah. scouts do great things, yeah. but you know, if you're listening and you know of an organization, um, the, a group that wants to volunteer, what, better way to give back than is to your local nursing home. Um, they're ombudsman programs. They're in each nursing home here in Dallas. So I had to ask you about this earlier. Explain to me and the audience what an ombudsman is. So an ombudsman is an advocate. So th these in Dallas, Texas are paid for by the senior source. And I think there's some kind of a government funding for this. But they are an advocate. They are a voice. Um, they, if a family member or a patient, a resident, somebody has a concern, you know, I it's too cold at night or I don't like the food, you know, or um, we need more activities, you can talk to the local ombudsman and the ombudsman is going to just speak for those residents. How do I find their number and how do I know who's my ombudsman? That is, is it by zip code? Question. Is it by... No, the ombudsman, there is going to be a picture of that ombudsman when you walk into the nursing home. So there's a, there they're be, assigned to the nursing gonna home. There's going to be assigned. They are okay. assigned and they'll... They may say ombudsman comes out on Thursdays, but here's a phone number. So there's always oh, so a way they, to get rich. So they do regular visits in addition they to- They do regular okay. visits. Okay. Usually once a week. Okay. Um, it would be better if they could go more often, but they are more of a volunteer or very low pay- Got it. Okay. Position. Um, but, but they're fabulous. And so, you know, if there's a concern, speak out you know, reach out and speak out. And then cameras, you know, Texas is now allowing residents of nursing homes and assisted livings, mm -hmm. independent livings to have cameras installed. Um, you do have to get permission. You do have to paste on the door that you have cameras that yes. are, that are going. You also, if a patient is in a room with another roommate, the family member's or the guardian of that roommate need to be, have give permission for that camera okay. because it is a yeah. matter of privacy. Yeah. So, um, but I highly recommend a camera. Um, just it's just an extra layer of protection, mm -hmm. and 
Um, I like them, especially the two-way cameras, because we, you know, we work in a bunch of um, senior living communities and ALs, um, and we've got several of our patients that have the that have cameras in there. They they've got a voice feature too, and so there'll be times where you'll hear the daughter talking to you through the thing. Hey, notice this about mom. I, I think as a treating clinician, I think they're wonderful. As a as someone who's watching, you know, kids at home or you know uh, a loved one in a nursing home or assisted living, I think it gives you some peace of mind that you otherwise wouldn't have. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> and there's a visiting physician that I work with that has a new program where he can, um, a patient can weigh, their blood sugar can be checked. <clears throat> He's got a little camera. It looks like a little iPod and um, patient can weigh um, vital signs and they can always communicate with that patient. Yeah. It's very cool. And so there are so many technologies coming up to benefit the client and does protect confidentiality, mm -hmm. but is extra eyes and ears for sure. that client. And so, um, you know, I would love to have Dr. Arzi on as a guest to talk about that program, but any extra eyes and ears are going to be ben beneficial. And, um, you know, we just want to protect the people that are so vulnerable. So tell me, um, Brian, like I know you found some statistics. Can you read those for us? Yeah. So um, there's actually quite a few of them. It, it, you know, we talked about one before that was the, you know, roughly 6% of all nursing home residents have, have been affected by um, sexual abuse. Um, there have been, I don't know what the, the, over the last 20 years, there's been 20,000 complaints of sexual abuse um, in assisted living and nursing homes. Um, they do find that you, you, pointed out before that it typically is the people that are seen as more vulnerable mm -hmm. that an abuser would not think would be either cognitively aware or brave enough to step up and say something's wrong. And they're usually female patients, older female patients with dementia or Alzheimer's. Those are usually um, the, the, the boxes that they want to, they want to check. Um, and then there was over a thousand nursing homes cited for sexual abuse in the, in the, in the three year period and 500 of them had like multiple, um, citations. So there's a lot of, it's sad because, you know, I, I've not been exposed to this fortunately before. Um, but when you, when you start looking into details on like how frequently these things are happening, it's, it's deplorable. So, you know, what other kind of things can family members do? So we can, we can talk to ombudsman, we can make sure we, we visit, we can talk to maybe some local churches that can do some, you know, install a camera, install a camera. Mm -hmm. Okay. Visit, visit, you know, just visit. Or, you know, if you've got friends at church or neighborhood that just maybe volunteer, that wanted, just need something to do. If they offer, Hey, can I go and visit uncle Sam, you know, once a week, you know, take advantage of that. We, you know, we, these seniors do need our eyes and ears. Um, that's so important. Yeah. You know, what are your thoughts on the isolation part in some of the nursing homes? You know, I, you know, I, that is a big soapbox for me because I feel that the isolation, I think the whole thing boiled down to staffing issues. People were afraid to work with COVID. Employees were afraid to work. And now I see these communities are getting used to a skeleton staff. They've learned to get away with that. Mm. And I just think it's so detrimental. It seems like that might be prime. Like you might, we might see these, some of these statistics getting worse with the, with mm. the increased isolation. Mm -hmm. I'm, then, I'm glad to see it. We, I work with a number of nursing homes on the, on the short term side. And I'm glad to see that they're, they're trying to be a lot more proactive about getting people up and moving and, and out of the bedrooms as often. Cause you know, an isolated, um, 
uh, inactive senior gets depressed and declines mm-hmm. very quickly. So just from a from a quality of life standpoint and length of life, like I, I don't want to see that. But also when you start looking at these kind of statistics, you know, the isolation just is a is a petri dish for well, and you know, encouraging you you can. Um, what did they say? You could lead a horse to water, but you can't force them to drink, but encourage those seniors to do the activities. And it's just socialization. It's just talking. And I was at a community today that was just wonderful. And here in Dallas, they've got over 1200 residents and they had a group that was doing music. There was a group that was going out to Whole Foods. There was a group that was doing line dancing. <laughs> it yeah. was just amazing. Um, and so those activities, and if you don't live in a senior community, take advantage of your local senior center. Those are very, very low cost. I know in Frisco, um, I think it's $3 a month for residents if you're over 65. And there is an event every single day of the week. Oh, is that right? Yes. Okay. And they're great classes, free classes. There's memoir writing, there's swimming, there's pickleball, there, you know, um, there is sitting, you know, yoga, chair yoga. So even if you have some disabilities or challenges, there are things that you can do. They, they understand those limitations, you know, so just, that's what I just take advantage of those. Yeah. Well, I'm grateful for you bringing this topic up because I had no, I mean, obviously, you know, these things exist, right? We we run licensed agencies, or at least I do. And so we have to take, you know, the abuse, neglect, exploitation classes, you know, every so often and, you know, pass a test. And so you aware that these things exist, um, but you just don't know the statistics until you start looking into this. And so I'm glad you're bringing up awareness of this and letting people know, hey, these things are happening. This is, these are some, the preventative measures are always key, right? You you don't want to have to act after something's happened. So, you know, pay attention to these preventative of things that you've mentioned um, here, um, so I'm glad I'm glad you brought this up. Thank you. And one yeah. other thing, if if somebody, if you feel your loved one, something is not right, and they've said things, and the staff does dismiss or blows it off, there yeah. are other things you can do. You can report to Adult Protective Services. You can mm. report to the Medicare hotline. You can even call the police. Um, there there are think steps you can do, and if if you know, the police say, they may say, we can't come out for that, but let me give you, who tell you who to call. So there are resources that you can call and report. And most of those in, at least in anything is like, like a licensed facility. So assisted livings, um, not independent livings, but assisted livings and nursing homes. There's usually right as you're walking in the building, there's usually all these phone numbers that mm-hmm. they were required to post. So um, they have resources there that you can call as well. Yeah. And if yeah. you're if you're on home health, if you're on home care, usually there's a little notebook that you get with numbers, yes. important numbers. So and if if you can't find those numbers, call us, call Brian or myself, email us, and we can definitely help direct you, um, send you in the right direction to get the help you need. Yeah. Great. Thanks, Joe. Thank you. It was a tough subject, but important subject that people need to know about. Absolutely. I thank you so much, and I hope you have a great day, Brian. Thanks, Joe. You too. Bye.